it counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in Lambo, it's a whole new game. You go big, go Welcome hard, to go Lombardi's hard. Legends Podcast. I'm here with Wags. Wags, we're four and one, buddy. Yeah, and I am uh well, I don't want to say mildly surprised, but with all the injuries we had and going into a tough, tough place to play in Dallas this last week, um, while I was certainly hopeful that we would win, the way that we went down there and dominated and came away with, you know, a, a little bit closer than I think the actual result of the game indicated, that was as dominating of a performance as I think we've seen all year from this team. So that was uh, very, very exciting. And um, how can you not be excited to come away with this schedule? We're four and one. Uh, so take a step back, folks. We've won at Chicago and at Dallas in the first five weeks of the season. It's incredible. And we've beaten, I mean, obviously Minnesota at home. We beat a team we should have beaten in Denver, but we've, we're beating good teams. We're beating, uh, we're beating uh, teams all across the board here. And, uh, you know, you can't state it enough. Going down to Dallas in week five, coming back after a, a tough loss against Philly at home to go down to Dallas and just take care of business from start. Really, I mean, I thought from that opening series, obviously, uh, Dallas started to move the ball downfield a little bit by Jair was able to come up with that interception. And then from there, man, the Packers offensive line, we talked about it in the last podcast, that they needed to assert themselves. And boy, did they ever assert themselves against that Dallas front seven. Absolutely. This was all about the offensive line and Aaron Jones and uh, Danny Vitale. They, they followed a game plan to a key. Uh, so, you know, um, if you were told me before this week that our receivers would combine for four receptions and we would at one point be up 31 to three. I would have been like, are you kidding me? I, I don't even know if I would have been able to fathom that. But we talked about before this game that the Packers really needed to get that ground game going this week to keep the Dallas offense off the field, control the clock. And they did that. They went out there and did that as, as well as I could have imagined in them some. So, um, and, I mean, sure, there was a little bit of clunkiness in the late third and early fourth quarter and the two possessions they had. Um, and we can get into that a little bit more. I, ideally, sure. you would like to see at least a couple first downs, if nothing else, just to chew up a little bit more clock. And instead, they went backwards. But other than those two possessions, this was about as flawless as an offensive game that we've seen. And aside from a few lapses, I thought, near the end of the game, on the defensive side of the ball, that was a darn good defensive performance as well. Yeah, and and dare we both probably say that uh, this was this, it was just complete. I thought overall this was uh, one of those games where you started to see. I mean, we've been asking for the offense to catch up, and they did in a hurry. And and I got to give some credit to Coach Lafleur and to the offensive coaching staff. I thought something that we saw early and often that was incredibly effective. Um, was uh, how they were running that inside zone. And it completely took away what Jalen Smith and, and Van Der Esch tried to do, right? Those guys are so good side to side on the field. And the Packers were able with that inside zone run game. Um, the offensive line just completely asserted themselves. 
Uh, I thought that they were more physical up front. It was clear from the get-go that they wanted to win this game, that they were in it to win it, and they were just battling back and forth here. And I, I was just really impressed. And even when Corey Lindsley went down with that concussion uh, very early in the game, um, even then, I thought that Lucas Patrick played pretty darn well. Uh, yeah, he had a couple, I thought, uh, snaps, and, and he, he mentioned that after the game, that those, that's something that he would need to clean up a little bit. Uh, but as a unit, they were just, I thought, pretty darn nasty, and I was really impressed. I got a highlight out in Jenkins who um, was just mauling folks, I thought, and they were able to get to that second line there, uh, quite a bit as well. So they're able to get to that second level and take care of those, uh, those linebackers. You saw them chip off the D line and, and get to that level and it just broke the game open. And Aaron Jones, man, he was outrunning everybody. Yeah, it seemed like a lot of Aaron's big runs up the middle were right behind Elton Jenkins. And both when Lindsley was in and then when Lucas Patrick came in, you just said it, Jenkins was doing a great job of chipping down, getting some uh, movement off the line of scrimmage, and then once uh, they were able to create that steal, uh, he was moving into the second level and doing a great job of picking up those linebackers and not only getting in space and creating a lane, but actually <laughs> pancake blocking those guys a number of times, both on the goal line and really all around the field. Uh, and he put down some tape, man. That was that was some great stuff to watch. So I definitely agree. You know what's interesting to me is that the Packers, this does it all. They had 11 first downs by rushing and only nine by passing. When's wow. the last time? I mean, I have no idea, but I can't, imagine, I can't imagine there's been a time in recent history that the Packers have had as strong an offensive performance as they had this past week, past week against the Cowboys, and they've had more first downs by rushing than they did by passing. I, I don't know if that's ever happened under Aaron Rodgers. I would be surprised if it has, to be honest with you. So um, that is that is huge because that sets up uh, so many things now that they've got that on tape and hopefully got to have a rhythm going. They can carry that forward here for the rest of the season. Yeah, and, you know, I'm somebody who takes cues from how these guys are treating each other, both on the field but off the field as well. And uh, I got a little bit of chills down my spine after the game. Um, you know, Aaron Jones ties that Packer rushing record with those four touchdowns. He tied a number of players, in, including, I, I believe, the last Packer to do it was Dorsey Levins all the way back in 2000. And, um, you know, after the game, uh, the, the team gives uh, Aaron Jones the, the, the foot, the, the game ball, right? And Aaron Jones threw it at the offensive lineman, gave it to them, and the old lineman threw it back at Aaron Jones. And that just had me smiling. I mean, this is a team, uh, in every sense of the word, it seems like right now, these guys are really enjoying working together. And I think that when you see talented teams that enjoy playing together and picking each other up, um, I think it's really starting to spell for some success uh, down the road, not only in these first five games, but uh, as as we progress, because there's going to be bumps in the road. But if these guys have each other's backs the way it appears that they do, uh, I, I just I think the sky's the limit for this Packer offense, this Packers defense, Packers special teams, and these guys as a complete team unit. Yeah, and Aaron Rodgers said it after the game too that the chemistry of this team. It's just different than they've had in a couple of seasons now. 
and he pointed out that their leadership on this team is 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 definitely a, a difference maker as well. And some people think that he was throwing shade at McCarthy, and and perhaps he was. I don't. I really don't think that was intentional. Um, I think that had more to do with the players that are in the locker room, to be honest with you, than it does with the coaching staff. Certainly, they've got a new coaching staff, but um, you've seen some some wholesale changes on the, particularly on the defensive side of the ball when you add uh, Zadaria Smith, Preston Smith, and Adrian Amos in particular um, to that defensive side. And now it's not just Tremont Williams out there trying to hold it all together at a leader, from a leadership perspective. And some of these young guys are feeding off of each other like that as well. So um, I think it's, it's one of those things that that can just spread and that energy and that, um, that culture can just make such a huge difference and guys enjoying what they're doing every day. And you said it, Dave, clearly these guys enjoy doing what they're doing and that winning is contagious and they're rebuilding a Packers winning culture as we speak. And it's a fabulous thing to see. Yeah. And you know, I didn't hear, uh, I, I don't watch a lot of ESPN or some of the other shows that I didn't hear what Ray Lewis had said, but I guess he said something along the lines that the Packers um, didn't have like a leader on defense or something along those lines. And um, I don't know if you saw this, Wags, or if our listeners saw this, but on Sunday... Sedarius doing the Ray Lewis dance, absolutely. How good is that? How good is that, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, they're just, you know, taking it in stride and throwing it right back, let the play do the talking. Absolutely. Yeah. One, one thing that I would hit on that certainly we need to continue to uh, see some improvement on from this offense moving forward, aside from those um, two possessions I mentioned before, they were still only three for 12 on third down. Certainly yeah. uh, a couple of those third downs, they were just trying to kill the clock in the fourth quarter. Uh, but even so, um, we do need to uh, start to see some traction there. That was a, a point of concern going into this week with Devontae Adams being out of the game. Certainly he's a big target on third down, uh, but no one really stepped up in, in that situation. So that's going to have to continue to be a point of emphasis for this coaching staff is to see some improved execution on third down. Uh, but on the flip side, we were able to execute at the goal line this week, Dan. So yeah. uh, we took a step forward there, and, and that was – uh, definitely important uh, in in terms of executing and putting those points on the board as well. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And look, uh, Wags, let's shift uh, a little bit more to the defense. Uh, were there any guys that just completely stood out for you on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, again, we had takeaways. This defense, when when uh, you know things are going well, when we're getting the ball in the defensive hands, we had three interceptions on on Sunday. Um, who stood out to you that you thought was a real difference maker this week? Well, I think there were several. I, I think this was a, a, a great defensive effort. And, yeah, Dallas was moving the ball a little bit, but we were opportunistic, and we came up with big plays and big situations. Um, <clears throat> certainly on that first possession with Jair getting the interception, um, the ball bounced his way, but he was in the right spot and reacted quickly and made a play. Uh, those are the, That's the type of thing that we know a player of J.R. Alexander's capability is going to be able to do a lot of uh, moving forward. So um, it's not a given that we see defensive players bobble and 
unfortunately not come down with the ball in that situation a lot of times. Um, but as far as who really stood out, I've got to say, it was uh, Jair's running mate, Kevin King. I thought he just had a day, and he set the tone early. i got to tell you, I don't know if the outcome would have been different. Um, I'm not going to go that far. But if he wouldn't have been able to go this week, he was doubtful on Saturday, got upgraded to questionable on Sunday, and he went out there and battled. And, and I thought he had uh, his best game of the season. And to be fr- quite frank, I think he's playing at close to a Pro Bowl level this season as, as it is. So I, I was just extremely impressed. Um, he was all over the football. And, you know, he, he didn't really give up any of those big plays that I recall. Um, so, you know, and almost had two interceptions. He had another one go through his hands in the third quarter when we were up 24 nothing. that he may have been able to run back a ways with that one as well if he would have uh, held on to the football. Uh, so I thought he had a fantastic game. Um, I, I know that there was a couple of other guys that stood out, but I'll let you respond to that. Who who really stood out for you? Yeah, so uh, I completely agree with you, Kevin King. I mean, I think it'd be easy for us to say the Smiths, obviously. <laughs> Those guys had another three sacks combined and six quarterback hits and a pass break. I mean, those guys are just nasty, and they continue to make it work. They make the quarterback uncomfortable to allow guys like Kevin King, uh, you know, maybe that half-second better opportunity to, to get the ball in their hands. Uh, but some guys that, uh, I, you know who I was really proud of? I thought Blake Martinez had a really nice bounce-back game. This week, he led the team in tackles, which, uh, no surprise, Blake's pretty reliable there. Uh, but I thought last week against Philly was maybe uh, not in the right lanes in a couple times. Had a couple uh, times where he wasn't able to shed the block that he needed to shed. And I thought he really uh, just stood out this week, especially, I mean, folks, they played Zeke Elliott this week, and they held him to at least 62 yards rushing. So, I mean, no joke there. Uh, so Blake played well. And I also have to give a ton of props, you know it's coming, Wags, to our friend podcast, Shandon Sullivan. Uh, Showtime played a ton on defense this week. In addition to special teams, he had uh, he played 38 snaps on defense. So he actually played a snap more than Kevin King, who's been nursing that injury. And uh, he played a couple more than Josh Jackson, our second-round pick from last season. And it showed he had a phenomenal <laughs> interception. Uh, in this game, uh, I thought uh, there was a there was a play in the end zone later in the game that uh, they they ended up throwing a flag not on him, uh, but he defended the ball really well on that play. And I thought overall it was just all over the field. And I think we're going to continue to see him earn playing time on this defense if he continues to show up and play the kind of football that we know he can. Yeah, and I want to give. I mean, I could. We could go on. I want to give a, yeah. a quick shout-out honorable mention to a couple of other guys, uh, one being Will Redman, yeah. because uh, he played a lot of snaps out there. And I don't know if he had any true impact plays. He had an interception that was called back uh, due to uh, two penalties um, right at the goal line when the Cowboys ended up scoring a touchdown in the fourth quarter. But uh, he just set the tone on special teams on that first punt <laughs> um, uh, cover. He, we, oh, man, you, you gotta know which one I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I think that was on a kick return. Um, he went down there and just, you know, I, was it a kick or a punt, Dane? I can't remember. I, I think it was a punt. Uh, yeah, I think it was, was a punt as well. Yeah, stuck that kid. Yeah. 
he just stuck them. Um, and, um, and, and that, that really set the tone, I think, and a ton of energy. Um, so I was really proud of him because we needed him to, to step in, um, and, and play quite a few snaps out there as well. And, and so I, I, I think he, you know, there really wasn't any drop off as far, as far as I was concerned. Um, and certainly we're, we don't want to see Savage miss too much time. It seems like the news on the injury front, which we'll get to, was somewhat encouraging. But um, it was uh, for a one-game situation. The way Will Redmond came in and filled in, I thought he played phenomenally. And although his name didn't show up much on the stat sheet, I got to tell you, I felt like Montrevious Adams' presence was felt out there. And he was missed, I think, for the last couple of games. But I... I just saw him pop out a few times. He was moving his man around, soaking up blockers, and, you know, that's his main responsibility. And I thought that he really mixed it up in there as well. Uh, sure, you're not going to see it. I'm out there with, you know, seven tackles and a sack on the staff sheet. But uh, he definitely, I think, uh, made a difference in, in contributing to uh, uh, some improvement in that rush defense. Yeah, and we we highlighted him on our last podcast, man. Uh, what a difference uh, a week makes, and you got to give some credit as you just did to Montrevious Adams. He was able to move the pocket, I thought, on some passing downs, but also, I mean, his snaps. He played valuable snaps, and it just does so much for this Packers defensive line. I think when Montrevious Adams can get in there. I mean, Kenny Clark's snap count was still pretty darn high. He played 60-plus snaps, then I believe the defense played 72 overall. But what they were able to do is bring Dean Lowry down some and then mix in Montrevious Adams more and then bring uh, Tyler Lancaster in 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 certain known rushing situations. But it just kept all those guys pressure. And um, and not just that, but I think that the place he was in, as you said, maybe it doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but he's able to handle those offensive linemen, that talented offensive line group of Dallas, in such a way that he just made his impact so. Um, yeah. Now, let's talk, do you want to talk about these injuries? Because I'm looking at them, and uh, there, there's a couple names on here. I think uh, looking first at Corey Lindsley, uh, you know, the concussion, um, the offensive line continue to gel without him, but if we lose him long-term or for more multiple weeks, uh, I have some concern. I'm hopeful with a little bit longer week with a Monday night football game that we're going to be able to get him back this week. Yeah, um, we'll see. It seems like sometimes these concussions become at least a one-game injury minimum. So I guess we'll see. Uh, you just never know. Every every one is a little bit different, and they've got to pass the concussion protocol. So yep. we'll find out, I think, a little bit later in the week uh, what that's going to look like. Um, for this past game, Aside from a couple of errant snaps, I thought uh, Lucas Patrick acquitted himself pretty well. Uh, had a couple of misses uh, in pass coverage, but he's a he's a, a plus uh, rush blocker, I think, and and so uh, he can hold his own out there. I, I I'm not going to be terribly concerned uh, at this point. Lucas Patrick is a pro's pro, and I I'm I'm confident in him going out there. The concern I'd have for Corey Lindsley, kind of like skill position players with lower extremity or, um, you know, soft tissue injuries, when you've got an offensive lineman, particularly a center with a head injury or a neck injury, that's always a little bit more concerning because he's bending over the football 
and he's got to be able to uh, have full movement of his vision and his head. And that's, that's, he's getting crunched a lot, as you know, when you're um, uh, in that uh, trenches, you're going to have a little bit more um, head-to-head contact that I think just kind of comes with the territory. So hopefully Corey's okay, and this isn't a significant concussion injury, but anytime that happens and they're out for the game, you've got to be concerned that they're probably going to be questionable at best for at least a week, if not two. And Wags, uh, as you say that, uh, I was looking at uh, the last time Corey missed uh, a snap in a game. He's one of the toughest guys on this team. Uh, his consecutive snap streak ended at 2,768. The last time he missed a snap before this past game was in week 15 of 2016, and that's only for wow. one play because his shoe came off. What a tough guy. Wow. So I, yeah. I completely agree, and he's got to take care of himself. We want to make sure that that young man's healthy, but he's just an absolute grinder uh, who, who you know, is out there every chance he gets. So we hope that Corey gets healthy soon. Yep, absolutely. As far as, you know, Devontae Adams, again, I think um, having an extra day, I mean, really when you look at it, you hit it on it just now, we've got an extra day. So we're almost going um, close to two weeks where we're only going to have one game because we go Thursday night and then play on Sunday and then don't play again until the following Monday. So that's got to help a lot. I think it helped uh, a number of guys uh, that may not have been able to play this past week if it would have been just a, a normal week, get out there and play. So um, I, I don't know. I, I, the fact that Devontae didn't practice at all last week and was pretty much uh, a foregone conclusion that he wasn't going to play, I would say he's probably questionable at best uh, for this week as well. Yeah, um, but you got to think that – the Packers' offense right now has a ton of confidence in being able to take care of business, even if Devontae's out. Obviously, 10 out of 10 times, you want Devontae on the field if you're the Green Bay Packers. But um, if they're able to find other ways to win uh, with, with the receivers, but certainly with the running backs and the tight ends as well, um, that, that's got to bode well for the long-term success of this team, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that being said, I think we need to build off of the running game, and hopefully take a step forward and get these receivers more involved uh, this next week against Detroit. So, Dane, let's talk a little bit about some of the defensive guys. Um, So, Darnell Savage uh, has a upper uh, ankle sprain. That's never a good injury, but no structural damage. It sounds like this is positive news uh, in terms of what could have happened. He was certainly around on the sideline, was questionable to return this past week, was trying to walk it off. It just wasn't going to happen. So um, hopefully with some treatment, he's able to turn around and, and get right back out onto the field uh, because uh, he's a guy that has made an impact early in his career and early in the season. So even though Will Redmond failed in admirably, uh, we, we want to see – Darnell Savage, get right back out there on the field if we can. Yeah, and um, I'm breathing a sigh of relief on that one. When I saw the playback, the way he twisted, I um, I got a little dejected there. I, I think it looked pretty bad, 
So if it's not structural and we're looking at maybe a missed game or two here or there, um, I have such a, obviously, I'm speaking, um, you know, obviously here that, uh, it's, it's just, it's good for him and hopefully he gets better quick because I think this defense is just going to be better with him long term, but, um, it's, it's time for him to rest up a little bit here. And as you said, I mean, I think Will Redmond played the best game he's played as a Green Bay Packer and probably in his NFL career this past week. Uh, it didn't show up again necessarily on the staff. He had that interception pulled back. Uh, however, he was in the right place at the right time, and re- instantly right there, Wags, compared to last season, talk about an improvement, right? Yeah, I mean, it's almost hard to remember. <laughs> Let's go back to last season <laughs> and think about what a sev our secondary was. And at the end of last season, we were talking about how we needed to, you know, clean house with that safety group, and we <laughs> just about did. But I'll give Will Redmond, and even though Raven Green is hurt right now, I'll give those guys a lot of credit. They came in and improved, and they came back and showed that they were worth being part of this organization and could contribute to this team. Uh, so I am very proud of those guys uh, for battling and improving and, and, and showing why they deserve to be out there on the field. Uh, Dan, let's talk about another guy, Kevin King. He seems to be pretty beat up, but I'm really proud of him, too. You know, injuries are injuries, and, you know, you've got to get healthy. I'm not suggesting that guys should play through every injury, but he's been a guy that has missed quite a bit of time in the first couple of seasons of his career. But this season, I don't know what it is, but he's out there battling, and that's encouraging that he's able to get treatment and get healthy and get back out on the field battling through some of these nicks and bruises and strains because we need him out there. And we got some, uh, I think, pretty positive news from him after the game, too, that it was just a knee bruise because I was really concerned when I saw him limping to the other side of the sideline after he got that interception. Yeah, and, you know, going into this week, I was like, oh, man, because I thought even even though we lost against Philly – I thought that, you know, King had played um, kind of like Will Redmond, but, you know, one of the best games he'd probably play, played as a pro. He had just been playing really good football. So the fact that I thought, oh, man, you know, he, it looked like he wasn't going to be playing and wasn't going to be able to build off that, uh, I was so disappointed. But the fact he was able to get back, play some meaningful snaps, and, you know, frankly just um, completely helped change the game for the Packers on the defensive side of the ball – um, was 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 remarkable. So yes, it sounds like he was just a knee bruise. Uh, my understanding is that he affirmed that, and uh, he's gonna you know be able to hopefully be back at it this week. I expect him to maybe be limited in, in practice uh, as the week progresses. But um, the way that he's been able to battle through injuries this year and make his way onto the field, you got to think that he's gonna be able to play again on Monday. Yeah, and the injury report has not been released yet. For this week, but I will be curious to see how Brian Bulaga is feeling after this yep. game. He's another guy that went out there and battled through an injury, and he made it through the whole game. And uh, I'll tell you what, I thought he had an exceptional game, probably his best game of the season. And just like Kevin King, he's been having a phenomenal season, so that's really saying something. So hopefully that's a good sign. But I think this is kind of a point in in Brian's career that, you know, and playing the position he plays, he's going to 
you know, probably sustain these, these, uh, nicks and bruises, as we like to say. And, uh, so hopefully it's nothing significant and he's able to battle through them and feel healthier as we move forward because we really, really need him out there as we've seen. So, um, I'll be curious to see how he's feeling as well. Yeah, and a couple other guys that uh, looks like they they sustained some injuries here in this last game. Uh, one, I was pretty disappointed at Robert Tunyon. Uh, he looked, I thought, pretty strong early on. He didn't get a lot of snaps in, but he's somebody that I've been high on. I know that Packer fans have really enjoyed watching. He, he um, um, you know, had that one big catch early on for uh, a little over 20 yards, but then went down with a hip injury. And I have not seen an update. Uh, from him since that injury. And the other guy that uh, I believe got injured there was uh, B.J. Goodson, uh, inside linebacker here. Uh, he hurt his neck um, on a kickoff coverage, and that opened the way a little bit for Oren Burks, I thought, to get a couple more snaps, and they probably expected him to play on the inside. Uh, so just a couple more injuries that we'll be keeping an eye on. Yeah, so I don't know if everybody's seen, but the Packers did sign – a tight end to their practice squad today, Ethan Wolf. So yeah. I, I'm not sure if that's any indication or has any, um, you know, um, correlation to Tunyon's injury, but certainly something that we'll want to keep an eye on. So, um, yeah, and, and Oren Burks, um, certainly, I didn't know if, what their game plan with him was. They, it seemed like they were holding him out um, unless needed, but he was certainly out there a little bit more in the second half. And um, although it didn't necessarily make any impact plays, uh, I certainly didn't come away, you know, thinking that he uh, looked lost or rusty out there. It seemed like he filled in and did his job quite well. So uh, hopefully he's able to get a few more snaps uh, going forward and, and heading into this week as well. Wait, can we agree that that Rashawn Gary roughing the passer on a play where Ezekiel Elliott just kept running the ball was was crazy because I I don't understand half the rules in the NFL anymore and I've watched this game about as long as I've been alive. So you're opening up a Pandora's box because I thought <laughs> this was a terribly officiated game and listen it's easy to complain about the officials uh, and luckily we won and won fairly resoundly because otherwise this would sound like sour grapes I realize but. It just was not a well-officiated game at all. There was just so many things that you could point to. What were they doing? What are they looking at? And what's really frustrating to me is it seems like the NFL is so over-legislating their rule book that every single scenario, they're trying to be black and white to the point that no one really understands what some of these rules actually are. And we can look at things in slow motion, and 90% of the people watching him say, well, that's pass interference. And then they're coming back and saying, nope, we're confirming there was no pass interference. Or it's pass interference, we're not overturning it. And, I mean, you're getting the benefit of these replays, but it's almost like we're watching a completely different game. Um, so, anyway, that's a whole nother Pandora's box. I digress. I could go down that rabbit hole. But, yeah, I agree. Uh, that was an unfortunate penalty, and luckily it didn't uh, end up having any real bearing or impact. Uh, like we could point to last season with some of the uh, 
penalties that Clay Matthews was getting early in the season that quite honestly seemed to take a lot of the wind out of the sails of that Packers defense, and they never really recovered after that. I don't think we're going to have that problem this year. These guys are going to line up and just continue to play. Yeah, and I think that's the key is just play the next snap this year. And I just think that we have the makeup of the defense, as you pointed to. Uh, these guys are not going to get deterred by anything. I really think that they're uh, one unit right now, and they're only going to get better. I think that we're going to continue to see improvement from the offense. There's going to be bumps in the road. There always is when good teams are playing. But I really, truly believe in my heart that something special is happening in Green Bay right now. Yeah, and I mean, on that note, Zadarius Smith got penalized for roughing the passer, and he comes over to the sideline, and LaFleur just looks at him like, dude, and he's just like, I know, coach. And he's just <laughs> like, I know. And he's just like, you know, that's accountability, but he just gets right back out there uh, with his motor and just keeps on going. Uh, but, yeah, you got to be smarter. Those things will happen occasionally. Aggressive mistakes you can live with. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, you don't have uh, a mental mistake like that. That's a mix between a mental and an aggressive mistake that costs you at the end of the game, like we saw last season in a couple of those games with Clay. Um, but um, I can live with aggressive mistakes here and there because that just reflects the attitude of the team, uh, particularly with these defensive guys. No doubt about it. So, you know, we're, we'll, we'll be doing another podcast. Uh, previewing the the Detroit Lions game. We're playing them again on Monday Night Football. So, um, you know, the the next time we're chatting, Wags, I think we'll be able to look through the injury report a little bit and start to uh, preview what we can expect out of the Green Bay Packers when Detroit comes to Green Bay. Yeah, I'm going to start doing some homework. I thought we did a pretty darn good job of aligning what we thought the game plan would be against the Cowboys this past week to what the coaching staff wanted to do. So, Dane, I guess, uh, you know, we're on the same page with the staff, which is always nice. Um, They they must be pretty smart, right? Uh, Great minds think alike. (laughs) They've got to be brilliant if, you know, we're on the same page here. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, but a quick shout-out. You said it. I was impressed with this coaching staff. I had mentioned before this game, that I thought this had all the makings of a coach's game. you got a long week. You've got some injuries, some key, Devontae Adams out. What's, what's the game plan? I really wanted to see what this coaching staff had, and they delivered. Uh, for this week, they delivered, and I've been holding back a little bit, reserving some judgment, taking a little bit of wait-and-see approach. But I think we've got a good, solid staff, and um, I'm excited to see what they can do moving forward. Yeah, yeah. So everybody stay tuned uh for, for our next uh podcast that we'll be previewing and as always, you know, follow us on find us on Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook, Lombardi's Legends and uh and uh you know, feel free to call our uh Packer official Cheesehead Sound off line at six oh eight two eight five two one two eight. Uh you can call that. You can leave a voicemail and we sometimes we play those on air, right, Wegs? Yeah, uh, give us some predictions or some thoughts or what you would like to see or if you have any questions heading into um, Green Bay versus Detroit on Monday Night Football. Uh, We will be looking, I think, to try to have that out for everyone by, you know, either late Friday, early Saturday. So 
send us your questions or uh, engage with us online on social, and we'll be sure to mention you or share on the next episode. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Really appreciate it. Say it with us. Go Pack Go. Pack, go. go.